Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. And welcome. The Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galena, along with a, uh, I'd have to say a dejected uh, George Kurtz. Uh, George and I were texting a little bit before the show uh, last night, and uh, I was a little worried after uh, I received the return text from George. Uh, you okay, George? Yeah, I'm sure you were uh, on pins and needles. <laughs> About wondering about my uh, <laughs> mental sanity uh, <laughs> yesterday. Uh, yeah, as uh, anybody once again, anybody who listens to these shows know uh, I've said it many times. The one play I was ending up with in a lot of drafts, in at the end of round three or round four, was Darius Geis. And uh, I think I even joked that he's the one player I really would not want to see get hurt. I'm not going to say it's going cr- to crush my teams. It won't. It's a th- third, fourth round pick. I'll have to survive. But mm-hmm. in the live drafts I've done so far, I think I have Geis in at least three quarters of those leagues. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's uh, hurt now and gone for the season to an ACL is a blow. It's a blow to the entire Washington team. Because yes, in my absolutely. mind, yeah, he was going to make that team go. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they need a strong running game. Alex Smith needed a strong running game, and that's gone now. Mm-hmm. You know, now that at this moment, it looks like they're going to have to live with uh, Rob Kelly and Samaje Perrine again. Maybe they make a trade. Maybe they sign uh, Alfred Morris. He's available. Uh, maybe they talk to Marco Murray out of retirement. Yeah, I mean, any of this yeah. is possible, but uh, it's certainly a blow to the you know, fancy owners who drafted early, drafted him early, and the Washington Redskins. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just uh, want to remind our audience that we're uh, going to have a special guest at the, the top of the next hour, uh, Jim Wyatt. He has covered the Titans since 1999 for Titans Online, uh, TitansOnline.com. You can follow him at J Wyatt W Y A T T Sports. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, and uh, we're going to ask him just uh, what he thinks about uh, Marco Murray in terms of uh, do you think that maybe he's uh, he could be coaxed out of retirement? Because like you said, I mean, the breaking, not really breaking news at this point, but major, major news, in my opinion, is the, what uh, George was just talking about, Darius Geis, who is expected to be uh, a big force in the Redskins running game out for the season, torn ACL. It was kind of odd, too, George. You know, I, I wasn't watching that game. I didn't have access to watch that game. But, you know, you heard that he uh, came out of the game with a knee issue. But, you know, then you had reports that it didn't look too serious. He was smiling on the off, uh, on the uh, on the sidelines. And, you know, it, then, uh, you know, all of a sudden, kind of almost like he got, you know, hit in the gut with this news, right? I mean, did you expect that... Uh, it was a torn ACL. I mean, it just seemed like it wasn't that serious, right? Did I suspect? Uh, let's just say I didn't care that he said he's fine. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you're waiting for the MRI. We, we've seen this before. Yeah. And people think when you tear an ACL, you know, it's, uh, it's 
I've torn mine. And uh-huh. uh, it's not some this big. Uh, the ligaments I tore on my ankle much more painful. Mm-hmm. You know that that felt like I've seen dead relatives, man. When I tore those, and the knee you get hurts hurts immediately, but not to that level of pain. And mm-hmm. then you feel good. Right. You feel okay. I know when I tore mine, I I was playing hockey, and I'm like, oh, I, I can go play again. I'm okay. And there was just something in the back of my mind told me, nah, you should wait till you get to see a, 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 till a doctor takes a look. So right. I I know what these players are going through. Where it does mm-hmm. feel okay that you could go play through it, and you'll be, oh, I'm fine. You know, and even uh, you know, even a month later, after the uh, the initial, uh, I guess stiffness wears off, you're, you're good again. Mm-hmm. You can you can run again. It's, it's cutting and stopping. That's the problem. That's when the knee will give out, and you end up buckling and doing more damage there. So, uh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I know. I knew from experience. Okay, that's great. It's a nice positive sign, but it means really very little until they get that MRI to see what he tore there. And generally, you know, these doctors or the uh, physical trainers on the sideline, you know, they do the knee stabilization tests. You know, so they, they pretty much have a pretty good idea of he, what kind of damage he did, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, they may not have told him, you know, but they, they probably had a pretty good idea that he did tear it there. It, it's, it's a shame. And this is the biggest worry for fantasy owners. We say it over and over again. These preseason games, just get up. You know, get up and walk up and be healthy. You know, it's uh, I, I don't like drafting early. Unfortunately, sir, a lot of leagues do for different mm-hmm. reasons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, now Darius Geistone is going to feel the pain. Like I said, and this is filters down because it's not only Geist owners. But if you have Alex Smith, I think this hurts. If you have, you know, the one of the receivers core, Crowder, uh, Doxon, I, mean, I, th- I think this hurts all the way down. It's not a major killer for those players because those players weren't major players anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly not good for the Washington Redskins, and it's certainly not good for anybody who thought they were going to win the division. Right, yeah. So I'm looking at the depth chart for the uh, Redskins, and uh, the, the chart that I'm looking at has Chris Thompson as number one. But uh, you mentioned Rob Kelly. I, I would say that he probably has the best shot of uh, coming out of this unless the Redskins look outside of the organization as being the number one guy there. And uh, supposedly he had looked pretty good in terms of, like they said, he wasn't fat anymore, right, <laughs> Rob Kelly? And, and don't forget they have uh, Samaj P. Ryan, who uh, basically uh, his uh, roster spot may have been saved with this. I mean, I think he was on the bubble. And, uh, you know, Chris Thompson, more of a, a pass-catching back, but, uh, you know, he's coming off of an injury and not able to cut the way he, you know, we talked about it last week, not not cutting the way he'd like to yet. Still, he says he's not going to be fully healed until this coming November. So it's going to be interesting. And there's uh, also Capri Bibbs. So, uh, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, if you had to be a bet, if you were a betting man, George, do you think it would be uh, Rob Kelly at this stage? If I was a betting man, I think they'll bring somebody else in mm-hmm. and be more competition. I think they they already know what they've got out of Kelly. You know, so he can be good there, at man? times. He's an average running back. He's nothing special. Mm-hmm. You know, Perrine right. maybe less than that. Uh, so you know, Thompson. They said he looks he's looked good in camp. Grant, uh, Grant these could all be lies. But Thompson mm-hmm. himself, we talked about this last week, said that hey, you know, I may not be fully recovered till November. Yeah. So there was already some uh, red flags there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I said I think they they'll have to bring somebody in. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it'll be DeMarco Murray. I mean, when you saw DeMarco Murray on NFL Live, he looked like he was serious, that he didn't want to mm-hmm. play anymore. And just because there's an opening now doesn't mean he's going to want to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he may be wait, he may be serious that, hey, I'm retired. I'm done. I don't want to get beat up anymore. I don't want to train. Right, right, yeah, right. We don't, and we don't know what kind of shape the man's in. Mm-hmm. You know, for, you know, he's been eating bonbons for the right, last right. three months. You know, so well, a lot of this is uh, conjecture anyway. Mm-hmm. Alfred Morris is out there on the, uh, the wave of wire. You know, he's right. a free agent, so they could sign him. He's a former Redskin. Uh, whether or not he'd want to go back there, or they want him back. That's anyone's guess there, but he's available, along with a couple of other veteran backs. Adrian a- Peterson. Adrian Peterson. <laughs> but uh, Jamal I, Charles? I, 
Yeah, those guys aren't going to do much for the team. They're exactly. done. Exactly. Yeah. I, mean, I do think Alvin Morris depth. might have something left, but mm -hmm. uh, even at this point in his career, I don't know how much better he'd be than Kelly and Vereen. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it puts the Redskins in a hole. I'm, I, outside of Alex Smith, mm -hmm. this is the last player they wanted to get hurt. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I'm in a uh, slow draft, uh, drafting with Giants number four uh, that uh, was put together um, by um, and Andy Singleton. I'm sorry, I drew a blank there from Fantrax. He's been a frequent guest on the network, uh, showed up on the BFFs, and uh, it's a mix of uh, industry analysts and everyday fantasy players alike. So, uh, you know, I dodged the bullet. George, because, uh, you know, in my third round of this slow draft, uh, I had intended on taking uh, Darius Geis, but uh, I was beaten to it. And uh, thankfully, I was. <laughs> and I uh, ended up taking uh, Derek Henry as, as uh, in the third round. My, I had the fifth pick overall in this draft. And uh, David Johnson was there for me. It went to Ezekiel Elliott, number one overall. How do you feel about that, by the way? How do you feel about uh, Ezekiel Elliott, number one overall? Well, that's a Cowboy fan. Yeah. But I mean, the thing uh, is, he's uh, he's basically going to be their offense, right? So, I that's mean, the problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's a Cowboy fan. And Ezekiel mm -hmm. Elliott should not be number one overall. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's Todd Gurley. Mm -hmm. you know, well, he went number two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, even Bell should be above. Once again, you're, you're sort of splitting hairs here. We have uh, I have Ezekiel Elliott, number three. Mm -hmm. But I, I would not take him number one overall, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it went uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Saquon Barkley. Uh, who I, I, That's who I was expecting to get at number five. But, uh, uh, you know, I ended up taking David Johnson. So, uh, And then in the, uh, the second round, uh, there was a, a rush on the, uh, the, the top seven wide receivers. You know, the, the Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Beckham. Uh, so I ended up... Uh, after a lot of, you know, thought, I ended up taking A.J. Green. I, you know, I mean, we'll see how that works out. But then uh, in the third round, I ended up picking, instead of Darius Geis, uh, I ended up picking Derrick Henry. So uh, we'll talk to Jim Wyatt about uh, Derrick Henry. And then, you know, I wasn't thrilled with it, but like you've said it very, very often. I mean, you know, any running back with a pulse <laughs> basically has some uh, – some value. I mean, Derrick Henry, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on uh, on uh, Mr. Henry this year? I'm not afraid of him like several other people are. I think Deion Lewis is going to have a bigger role. I think they, well, there's enough room or enough footballs in today's game for two running backs. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, and most teams have two running backs. And most teams have two running backs. So this doesn't scare me. I get scared when there's three and four running backs. Think Detroit, mm -hmm. Cleveland, you know, teams like that where now you got to really uh, figure out who's going to be who, which job is which. You know, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. Derrick Henry, he's going to get his share of carries. We know that mm -hmm. he's going to be the goal line back. He's mm -hmm. built for that. So therefore, I like him better than the, uh, than Lewis. I like Lewis as well, but I like mm -hmm. Henry more for those reasons. He's going to be that back. Right. You know, I think I, I think they may touch the ball even over the course of the year or close to it, assuming both stay healthy. You know, over the course of a game, and that's fine. I'll mm -hmm. take 12, 12 to 14, 16 carries. Uh, for Henry, I don't think he's going to catch the ball that much. I think that's pretty much Lewis's job. But he's a touchdown guy. So that will always put uh, put me, you ahead. The offensive line is very good. Passing game is still trying to get up the par there. So teams, I think, will play the run a little bit more. But I think, like I said, the defense is good. They should have their ball in plus territory quite often. 
So I like this team. I think the Titans are going to be good, and I like Derrick Henry. I think third round is about where he goes. In EuroLeague, though, I would have taken Darius Geis over him, which is my problem. Yeah. Well, if he was there, I would have. Like I said, uh, four picks before mine, uh, someone took Geis, and that's that's who I was targeting. I was targeting Geis, but uh, the fantasy gods were looking down at me, smiling down at me, and uh, made the, someone else. Oh, so they were smiting the, the other guy. Yeah. What the heck, you know? Uh, believe me, you know, like we said, I mean, man, the preseason, you're just hoping, especially when you're drafting this early, that you're, uh, the people that you're drafting on your team are just going to come out of the preseason, you know, in one piece. <laughs> you are. You know, it, it's, uh, and it's just the way the preseason, it's just the way football is. Mm-hmm. You know, even during the regular season, Monday's become, you know, the hospital Monday. Oh, God, who's done? Yeah. Who's mm-hmm. out six weeks? Now, that's all it is. You know, and uh, listen, this brings on a whole new level of strict, uh, strategy. Now mm-hmm. guys has gone for the season. I play in a lot of keeper leagues. And in the most of the keeper leagues I play in, you lose the round you drafted somebody in. And you can draft guys. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, in my home league, you know, you're allowed to draft anybody drafted after round three. So he's going to be drafted. It's a question of right. when. Right. When right. does somebody want to give up that pick, 10th round pick, 12th round pick, put him, uh, stash him on IR for the season, claim somebody after the draft. Someone mm-hmm. will do it. You know, even I would do it. At at some point, the uh, the risk will be worth it. So it's just a, a new level of strategy for guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this uh, drafting with Giants uh, league put together by any Singleton. Interesting uh, scoring formats. Uh, you know, the yards after the catch. Um, you get negative points for interceptions thrown, uh, which. When I first started playing fantasy, that was like a, a standard, you know, scoring. But I don't see that happening much more anymore. I, I'm glad that Andy put this in here. You get bonuses for f- 50 yards or more. Uh, if you score a catch a touchdown pass for 50 yards or more, you get extra bonus points. Like I said, yards after the carry. So, I mean, it's a real interesting league. Uh, happy to be a part of it. And, uh, yeah, we talked about, like, you know, adding little uh, different dimensions to the scoring of your fantasy leagues, right? Yeah, there's always a lot of ways to make your leagues more interesting if, mm-hmm. if you want to go that. I don't think you necessarily have to. No. Uh, you, no. you know, yards after catch, you want, you want to go with the yak points. Uh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I'm fine with any scoring system as long as I know the rules. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, when we come back, uh, a lot of uh, preseason action. We'll go over that. And uh, don't forget Jim Wyatt coming up in the uh, second hour talking Titans football. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. And I want to remind you to get your season ticket to Fantasy Glory now with the 2018 Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. It's not just a draft kit. It's a full season package that takes you from draft day to championship week. 
and it features in-depth analysis from some of your favorite FNTSY sports radio experts. Go to rotoexperts.com. Use code WINNER to get 10% off on the exclusive edge package and set aside a spot on the mantle for that 2018 championship trophy. George, you just uh, updated uh, the uh, exclusive edge package. with uh, What's your latest article that's there? My, my latest article that's there? I mean, mm-hmm. I wrote one uh, yesterday. That's about IDP leagues mm-hmm. and how more leagues change to that. I don't think that's on the site yet. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's there yet. So that would be my latest one. IDP leagues, uh, why I believe more leagues, uh, more people should at least try them. You know, mm-hmm. give it a shot. You know, yeah. uh, I, I'll, I'll never understand why we play, we use pitchers. In baseball, goaltenders in hockey. You know, we count certain stats in, uh, in basketball that are defense, rebounds, early uh, defense, steals. But we ignore we, just, we ignore defense in football over there in the team deals everybody hates. Just mm-hmm. draft just around rounds 15, round 16, last, second, last pick or second to last pick. Right. In my mind, it's sort of like the, uh, the quarterback. That's why I like two quarterback leagues. I like train, more strategy. Rather than yes. telling people uh, draft the quarterback in round eight. Same thing with mm-hmm. defense. You know, and no one's saying in defense, if you start an IDP league, that you need to... Uh, I play in a deep uh, industry IDP league where we, we actually start more defensive players than we do offensive players. So wow. 11 on defense, 9 on offense. You know, mm-hmm. So 20 total starters there. No one's saying you got to be crazy like that. Mm-hmm. You can start one linebacker, one defensive lineman, one secondary player. Which is even if you're a beginner league, everybody will have a superstar. And then you can grow from there year after year. Once you get used to it, you can add you know, a, a second, third linebacker, defensive line, defensive ends, defensive tackles, safeties, corners. You, you can expand the league from there. But uh, I think it's just kind of silly how we uh, we haven't regret we haven't progressed to this. Mm-hmm. Where you're adding, uh, you know, we like points, right? Where Saudi loves points. You, know, you add, uh, you know, a couple of points for a tackle here. I'm telling you, uh, people would enjoy it if they gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have me sold. I'm going to try to find an IDP league. Uh, you're right. I mean, it's nice to shake things up, right? I mean, uh, you know, even with a two quarterback league. Uh, like you said, it forces you to uh, not wait till the eighth, ninth, and tenth round for your quarterback. You know, it, it shakes your first few rounds up too. So that's nice. It's a good idea. Uh, you've convinced me there, George. So um, my job is done. I can go now. <laughs> there you go. All right. Yeah. We'll see you later. Um, so uh, a lot of preseason games. Uh, we're actually able to see some uh, action and and uh, see the players that we were. Uh, conjecturing about right so uh, your uh, cowboys played the 49ers uh 49ers beat them 24 to 21 but just uh, in general so uh the uh, cowboys uh, i like cole beasley saying that the uh, cowboys wide receiver crew is going to be shocking some people uh this way uh, this season i mean but uh, shocking them in what way right in a good or a bad way right i mean uh you michael gallup uh Rookie wide receiver, uh, 30-yard uh, TD grab in the preseason opener. Uh, Prescott looking okay. Yeah, a little uh, mobility, right? I mean, uh, uh, supposedly Beasley, who's been uh, predominantly playing out of the slot, they're going to use him on the outside some this uh, season as well. I guess that kind of shows you uh, the state of uh, the wide receivers when it comes to the Cowboys at this stage. But, uh, I mean... What are we thinking in terms of uh, Gallup? I mean, you don't want to overblow this 30-yard TD grab. I mean, is, but is he going to have to put on his uh, big boy pants a little earlier uh, than than you would, you know, have a uh, a rookie wide receiver? Is he going to have to grow up a little bit quicker? Well, you would think he'd have to. And once again, for the reasons that we all know, the Cowboys are uh, far from deep at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They really don't have a lot there. 
I mean, depending on who you ask, their wide receivers, their number one's either Alan Hearns or Terrence Williams. And mm-hmm. that's really enough said right there. When those two are number one, Terrence Williams, they think they, uh, they, think they may not even make the team uh, right. because he's just been outperformed well, uh, by other youngsters. Uh, mm-hmm. Lenoir, another guy. Uh, you don't want to worry about this guy in fantasy, but he might push Williams off the team. So mm-hmm. I'll let you know you should be, don't draft Terrence Williams. Uh, Beasley. I mean, this is a small little guy. Playing on the outside is not what he's all that great at. Uh, he, he, what's he going to say? Of course he's going to say we're going to be better than expected. We're going to shock the league. What's, mm-hmm. what's he going what's to say? We're going to be terrible? No, we can't catch the We can't get open. I mean, it's just not good. I mean, it's great they had a nice uh, opening against uh, San Fran. You know, that that's fine. Uh, but there was no game plan there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no game plan how to stop the Cowboys office. Let's see what happens when opening uh, day. You know, they play Carolina. When Carolina's got eight men in the box. Stop Ezekiel. Force. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott to try and throw the ball, try and move the uh, chains by getting the ball to Allen Hearns. Uh, whoever's starting a tight end, Jeff Swaim. You know, Gallup. Gallup, I think, does have uh, – you want to take a flyer on somebody? You know, one of those dartboard throws? I think he's worth a 13th, 14th round shot. I do. Uh, the problem is I don't know if Dallas will throw enough to ever make him truly worthwhile unless they're trailing by them, you know, 10 points every game. And I don't think they'll be doing that. The defense is better than people think. Not the secondary, just the overall defense. Secondary has, still has major issues there. So, like I said, the Cowboy passing game is going to be a, uh, let's, we'll call it a work in progress. There you go. Hey, who, who do you think, if any, emerges out of the uh, tight end position? Uh, been hearing Rico Gathers is probably not going to make the team, but you have uh, Blake Jarwin and then uh, rookie Dalton Schultz. Any uh, uh, fantasy value out of either of those two at all? I mean, uh, over the years, Cowboys have utilized, of course, uh, tight end and Jason Winton. And to, to, you know, any any chance here of snagging someone real late? No. I would avoid the Cowboy tight ends. I don't have any in my top 20. If you're playing in a two-tight end league, I'm not sure I'm taking a Cowboy tight end. Uh, I think they probably really should give Gathers a shot. I'm not so so sure they have anything to lose, but they're very very down on him. They are very down on him. I don't know. I don't know. He uh, he sounded like a concussion. He was having a great preseason last year. Caught a, a couple of big passes, and then he got a concussion. And I don't know if they were down on him because he didn't return soon. It was just kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all know what concussions, you never know. Uh, right. And then even when he was healthy during the season, they kept him on IR all year. Mm-hmm. So, so I think there's a, either a personality conflict or he hasn't played a lot of professional football. He hasn't played a lot of football in general, actually. Right. So maybe that's it, too, and they don't want to coach him up. Uh, it just seems strange. The man's a freak as far as athletic talent is concerned. But, yes, he's a basketball player. That's what he played. Mm-hmm. So he needs to learn football. And I don't know, maybe the Cowboys just don't want to put in that kind of time. But for a team that... You know, on offense, in the receiving core, doesn't have much. To not give this guy a shot, I think is a little silly. You're going to be down on from day one, it seems like. Uh, he's the guy I would like to see yeah, at least get a legitimate shot, but it doesn't seem like they're gonna, going to do that. As for anybody else, fantasy-wise, no. You're staying away. If one breaks out, you can worry about it on the wave of war. But I wouldn't even – if I drafted Jordan Reed or a Tyler Eifert type, I wouldn't be grabbing these guys as my uh, backup for them. I wouldn't do it. Okay, there you go. Uh, on the 49ers side, a uh, lot has been made about Jarek McKinnon in the preseason. We talked about him in previous shows. But a couple of injuries. Matt Breida, uh, he had been turning some heads this preseason, suffered a shoulder injury, will likely uh, miss the rest of the preseason, but should be ready for week one. Uh, you you kind of wonder you know, what kind of a role maybe he could have carved out for himself had he continued with a strong camp. But uh, 
he was used basically as a change of pace back last season. Um, and George Kittle, tight end for the 49ers. Uh, fantasy pros consensus rankings have him as the 12th uh, uh, best fantasy tight end in terms of ADP. Suffered a shoulder injury as well. Uh, good news is no structural damage is going to miss, quote-unquote, some time. Yeah, the 49ers got beat up in this game. They lost several players. You mentioned the two most uh, prominent as far as fantasy is concerned. The good news is that they're all expected to return before week one. Right. So... I mean, separated shoulders or separated shoulders, certainly not good, but at least it looks like they're going to play. So you're probably not drafting Breeder anyway. But uh, Kittle, as you said, is a tight end one or borderline tight end one. Mm-hmm. And now he becomes a guy where if I'm drafting this weekend, A, he's going to fall a couple a little bit, but also now I have to take another tight end. Right. Right. I got, if I'm going to draft Kittle, maybe I'm going to draft Cameron Brait to cover myself. You know, someone of that ilk. You know, Charles Clay, we, we can go on and on and name a whole bunch of tight end twos. Uh, because. You know, they say he's going to be healthy, but you never know. You know, we don't know how it's going to play out in four weeks. Maybe the shoulder doesn't heal. Maybe he re-injures it. Maybe he comes back too early. Uh, whatever it is. So you're going to want to play it uh, play it carefully. If you're going to draft Kittle, and I still would draft Kittle. But I, uh, now if I was drafting him in round nine, I'm probably not taking it to round 11. Round 12, I want a little bit of a discount here, which you should be able to get in a lot of leagues. And if I do draft him, I'm going to have to – unless there's a plethora of black backup tight ends, and if no one takes a backup tight end in your league, then that's mm-hmm. fine. You can wait till. Uh, Week one to hear about the uh, the injury report, but if uh, if everyone's taking a backup tight end, then you damn well better get one too. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, move on to the uh, Buccaneers uh, defeating the Dolphins twenty six twenty four. Now, when it comes to Buccaneers, uh, Ronald Jones drafted as a rookie, uh, uneven camp so far, but now we're getting to hearing uh, hearing the little nice things that he's playing a little bit better in pass protection. But from what I'm hearing and what I'm reading. Peyton Barber seems to be the favorite to uh, start the season as the RB1. And you can get him real late in drafts. I mean, I'm sure his ADP is going to climb. But uh, he could at least temporarily be the number one guy there. I mean, uh, if you look at what he did in his last five games last year, he had averaged uh, 15 carries per game, 4.3 yards per carry. Um, I mean, I think he's going to have a hard time holding on to that job for the long term. But uh, uh, kind of surprising to you that Peyton Barber might uh, start the season as the number one running back there. I'm not so sure it should be surprising. Uh, the reason is this. I wonder, is Dirk Cutter just playing a uh, mind game here? All right, maybe he doesn't like what he's seen from Jones, so he plays a Barber. Get mm-hmm. Jones' ass in gear, that sort of thing. You know, uh, what's one of my little uh, sayings? Uh, when can you tell a coach is, uh, is lying? When his lips move. Mm-hmm. All right, so I don't trust anything that comes out here. Yes, Barber started yesterday, and once again, this just could be a deference to a veteran, even though he's he's a veteran, but barely. Peyton Barber's only 24 years old, too. Not like he's a grizzled 28-year-old, 29, 30-year-old guy. So that could be one of these situations we saw last year in Cincinnati where even though we, we already knew Joe Mixon was the better running back, Marvin Lewis wouldn't just give him the job. He had to earn it. Mm-hmm. And... For some reason, he had to earn it, it seems like, for half the season for uh, Cincinnati. We don't know what that will be in Tampa Bay. So I'd be very careful here. Once again, I have no problem taking Barber with round 13, a late pick, dartboard throw, why not? But I'm not going to spend an eighth-round pick because I'm hearing he may start. Right, right. Because even if he does, let's say even if he does, that could end after week two. Mm-hmm. Or else Ronald Jones, they drafted this guy. He's going to start eventually, it's just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. 
What about, uh, does Charles Sims have any fantasy value left? I mean, in a deeper league, I mean, could you consider him like, let's say, a poor man's theoretic or, uh, you know, a Giovanni Bernard? Because his specialties obviously have been catching balls out of the backfield. He had 51 catches in 2015. Uh, can't count 2016 because he missed a lot of time, but uh, only 35 catches last year. I mean, has his totally uh, fantasy value expired? I mean, I'm not drafting. You said a deeper league. I mean, you're going play a 20-team league. Everybody has value. Yeah. You know, so uh, sure. You have a little bit more uh, define your parameters there. 10, 12-team league, no. I mean, I'm, I'm not touching the man. Uh, we, already, we, we already know we like Barber and Jones ahead of him. Jaquiz Rogers would seem to have at least a backup role as a third down guy. You know, Charles says more of a, uh, I mean, what is he at this point? I mean, really, what is his role here? Does he even make the team? You know, I mean, uh, I don't think that's guaranteed either. So, no, if I'm drafting, uh, the, if I'm drafting at any time this month, Charles Sims will not be on my roster. He's not even on my draft list. Charles Sims, needs to, from what you're saying, needs to stand in front of a uh, mirror and say, who am I? But uh, Chris Godwin uh, moving up the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks depth chart, right? Supposedly the wide receiver, too. Uh, too early to read into this? I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, preseason depth charts, you take them with a grain of salt a little bit. But uh, is Deshaun Jackson still on this team? I'm a walrus. Uh, I think as far as uh, Godwin, I think he is a sleeper. I do. Uh, because it makes sense. Deshaun Jackson probably is a better slot receiver at this point in his career. He probably is where he should be with Evans and Godwin on the outside. Godwin's a traffic last year. We saw, you know, a little bit of what he could do last year. But, you know, they paid deference to the veteran. He didn't get the job. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think this, uh, this is one where I do think it's true. You know, mm-hmm. the problem is still no Winston for three weeks. Yeah. Three games, you know, so how is that going to change? I mean, he just, I mean, it, it may be overblown. You know, Tom Brady was suspended for four games, but that's Tom Brady, the GOAT. You know, and they had Garoppolo, who looks also to be a, a very good quarterback. Now we're looking at Fitzpatrick and Winston. You know, first three games are going to tell us one thing, and then Winston's in, and he can pretty much throw everything out there. So even if Fitzpatrick is using uh, Chris Godwin in the first three games, maybe Winston doesn't. Maybe the only person he's throwing the ball to is Mike Evans and Cameron Brait, who he seems to, to enjoy. You know, so we just don't know. It's going to be hard to rely on here. But that being said, I do have Godwin in a very deep league. Once again, mm-hmm. this is a 40-man roster thing. So I think uh, 16 teams uh, that I play with Mike, Mike Blewett. And uh, I drafted him when he, uh, when he came out. So I like him, and I'm happy to hear this. But it's unlikely he'll be in my starting lineup. He'll be on my roster, but not in my mm-hmm. starting lineup until I see how they're going to use him. Yeah, you could still wait a while before you draft him, but uh, I looked at the uh, NFFC ADPs. For the month of July, Godwin was uh, had an ADP overall of 202, and so far for August, it's down to 174. Still, you know, you could still wait on him, but just, you know, he's trending uh, in the— He's uh, come up three rounds, which is about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so uh, the Dolphins, we talked about uh, Mike Gesicki, their tight end, getting rave reviews. Um, yeah, Ryan Tannehill, no real fantasy value unless we see a rash of quarterback injuries, even if you play in a two-quarterback league, in my opinion. But uh, what about their wide receivers? I mean, uh, you know, the, you have a, the, basically a bunch of underachievers. Uh, you got Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills, uh, potential big play receivers. And then we talked a little bit about uh, Danny Amendola, if he ever could stay healthy. I mean, I'd, I'd like him, but uh, of these three, any of them interest you in fantasy? Or I mean, are they Parker. Best, are they all best ball guys, man? <laughs> Parker has talent. 
He does. Mm. He just hasn't been able to put it together as far as when the quarterback uh, ain't getting hurt, keeps getting hurt. Uh, you know, Tannehill's not very good with the deep ball at times. Uh, and he probably just can't stay on the field. He's had foot injuries pretty much since day one with Miami. So I think that's an issue there. Stills, um, he probably is close to I don't think he's a pure best ball guy like Ted Ginn or someone like that, Torrey Smith. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's in that that conversation, yeah, where he's going to have some mm-hmm. big games. But him and Tannehill do seem to have some chemistry there. That was one person Tannehill was able to get the deep ball to. So Stills, I don't mind having on my bench. You know, I don't like Tannehill either. I'm not a fan. He does have value in two quarterback leagues because every quarterback has value in two quarterback leagues. Yeah, maybe as, as your third in a two quarterback. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> wow, I guess uh, yeah, I guess Tannehill's not going like a Christmas card from Joe Galina this year. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. Um, and what are we thinking about? Uh, where do you stand on this Kenyon Drake uh where do you have him ranked as, as we head out to commercial since we're talking he's about He's a, a mid to low end running back, too. They're not going to forget about Frank Gore. Mm-hmm. Just ignore him. He's going to get his share of carries there, too. I, mean, I like what do you Drake. Think, maybe he, 10 carries a, ga- uh, a game for Gore? I would say more, more probably 12 to 14. They're going to run the ball more often that than That much, not. huh? Although the defense is bad, though. So they, they may be trailing in the second half having to throw, put the ball in the air. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, when we come back. We'll continue to break down the preseason action. You'll listen to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galina and George Kurtz. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galena and George Kurtz spend a part of your weekend with you. Thank you for spending part of your weekend with us. Sean Angle, producer of our show, keeping us flying straight. Let's talk a little Giants football there, George. Uh, Browns defeated the Giants 20 to 10. I was super excited. Saquon Barkley, uh, big time 39 yard run to start the game. Uh, I just wanted them to take him out of the game right after that that uh, play. That, that was even before uh, we found out about Darius Geis. I just got so you know. I mean, I, this guy is just going to be such a big part of this Giants offense this year. You just don't want any chance of him uh, injuring himself. Uh, but the next four carries, I think he totaled four yards. But hey, we saw what he could do with that 39-yard uh, run. Uh, really exciting. Uh, you know, definitely a. A first-round pick, and I bet you right after the game, if someone was drafting, I bet you he went number one overall someplace. Uh, but obviously, he shouldn't be the number one overall. But what are your thoughts on uh, Saquon Barkley? Well, I see. I mean, I, I'm a believer. I have a number five after the big four. 
you know, as mm-hmm. far as uh, Elliot Johnson, Bell, and Gurley. So I'm mm-hmm. certainly a believer. I think the man is the, the real deal. I know people have heard mm-hmm. me criticize the Giants draft pick. It had nothing to do with Barkley. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's gonna be. He would have been great, or will be great wherever, t- whatever team he's on. I just don't think you could pass up on a franchise quarterback in today's NFL. I think mm-hmm. that's a little, uh, uh, a little out there. You know, it helps your team in the immediate future. What are you gonna do two years from now when Eli is gone, and you don't have mm-hmm. a quarterback? You know, you're not gonna. Uh, the Giants finishing three and thirteen, or whatever they finished last year, was a mirage. And they're a better team in that area. I mean, really, everything just fell apart for the Giants. They had a lot of injuries. The coach ended up being a disaster. The team ended up having – they literally were a team turmoil, especially in the secondary. Uh, this year, they seem to have fixed a lot of that, right? I mean, obviously, you're coming to camp fairly healthy. Things look good. Odell Beckham not causing problems, which is somewhat of a surprise. Uh, mm. Waiting for his new contract. Uh, you I can't say you fixed the offensive line. Yes, you assigned Nate Solder. Yes, you drafted Will – you improved it, but people, oh, we got two new uh, great starters. Well, you also have three guys who are brand new mm-hmm. at different positions. So you don't know. You also lost Jethro Pugh, who was pretty damn good. Might have been your best offensive lineman. So, yes, you're improved, but not, you know, by 200% because you added two new guys. It's not quite like that. Uh, but I like what they've done there. You know, I, I, what is, I've drafted Barkley in a couple of leagues uh, because mm-hmm. I do believe in the, uh, the talent there. I think if, uh, the question for the Giants overall really won't be on offense. I think they'll put up points. I do. Mm-hmm. I don't see how they don't. I think the question is pass rush, you know. Uh, and lo- lo- I'm not so sure. I'm not sold on the uh, on the front seven. You know, I think the I think the secondary will rebound somewhat. Janoris Jenkins, Eli Apple. At least you hope they do after the issues mm-hmm. they had last season. Uh, losing D- DRC, Dominique Rogers, Camardia in the slot. I think that hurts as well. But I think the Giants are going to play a lot of uh, let's just say a lot of 31-30 games. Yeah, that's good analysis. Uh, uh, moving over to the Browns, Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick, quarterback. Uh, looked really good. Looked good as advertised, in my opinion. I mean, it showed good poise, read the field well. Uh, if there were no opportunities on one side of the field, he found an open man on the other side. I mean, uh, looked, uh, you know, beyond his level of experience. Uh, you know, no question that at some point of the season, uh, he'll be starting over Tyrod Taylor, unless maybe Tyrod Taylor guides this team to a you know uh, uh, an eight and two start or something like that. But uh, but even Tyrod Taylor looked pretty good. I think he was five for five. So uh, but May- Mayfield man looked pretty good. He did. I mean, a lot of the youngsters are looking good here. Mayfield did look good. Uh, and once again, it's one game preseason. I don't, I'm not going to put a whole bunch of yes. thoughts no, I agree of stock you, into but it, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's funny. But we, yeah. What What do you want a youngster to look like? You know, uh, you always want them to look good, but what you're really afraid of is that they are, they flop. You know, mm-hmm. you, you'll forget the good in a week, but you'll remember the flop if he was terrible. He was, you know, he was one for 12 through four interceptions and did like he, uh, he could complete a handoff. We don't remember that. The fact that he was good is like, all right, great, good start. Let's go. You know, keep working. So, uh, it does make it interesting because he looked, he looked better than good. Okay, mm-hmm. he did. So this puts some pressure on both Tyrod Taylor and Hugh Jackson, mm-hmm. right? Because Jackson's already said pretty much that Baker Mayfield's going to sit all year. And that's silly, but he said that. And once again, coach lips lie. You know, I, I don't, certainly don't believe he uh, truly means that because it would be stupid to just say that at this point. It makes no sense. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know why coaches don't say, listen, they'll battle out for during training camp. Unless you have a true veteran quarterback that you need to pay that deference to, and Tyrod Taylor is not that. Mm-hmm. You just say, oh, listen, it's, uh, they'll battle for the number one starting job because you want that. You want the competition. You want to see what brings out the best in people, right? Mm-hmm. You want that to see who, if, uh, 
fighting for that job uh, really shows if one lifts his game up above the other. So I don't know why they just didn't say that. I do think Tyrod Taylor starts the season. After that, I think it depends on how he plays. If uh, Baker Mayfield has a, a good preseason, if he's having good practices, sooner or later you're going to want to get that shiny new toy into the lineup to see what he can do. You drafted him number one for a reason. Right, a guy that we a lot, I think very few people had as the number one overall quarterback that he should have been taking. Uh, forget number one, Barkley was the number one player. But as far as the number one quarterback, really nobody had Mayfield. Sam Donald was the top of most lists. And then mm-hmm. followed by, you know, Allen, Rosen, or, or wherever else you wanted to go after that. So I'm curious to see how Cleveland plays this out. I'm also curious to see what happens in this wide receiver core this week. I mean, you think about it. I mean, we were liking this team, right? Oh, you, know, you like Landry, you got Josh Gordon, you had uh, Coleman, uh, Callaway, and all of a sudden, Gordon, we don't know when he's going to report. Coleman's gone. Callaway just got arrested, what, uh, or cited for uh, marijuana. Mm-hmm. And I, I love I love that, by the way. When they, uh, you know, they, they got him for it, and uh, he told the team, well, what wasn't mine. He was, well, we believe him. Well, that's <laughs> nice of you. Really? You, you, that, that's nice. You believe him. Isn't that sweet? I, mean, I, I just laugh. I really laugh. They say, we have zero tolerance policy. Oh, but we believe the player. That's why. I mean, you know, get the hell out of here. I mean, uh, what's the other thing about pissing uh, down my back and telling me it's raining? I mean, uh, I don't get that at all. But anyway, he's got that problem. Right? So all of a sudden, their strong receiving core is pretty much Jar- Josh- Jarvis Landry and prayers. And now we hear him once again. Des Bryant will visit the team this week. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and Joku connected... Uh, on a touchdown pass. He caught a ball. And yeah. And, you know, so uh, there was a lot of uh, stories about him dropping the ball in, in practice. And you mentioned Callaway. Callaway also connected with Mayfield. Um, and I tell you, I mean, I get what you're saying about the wide receiver crew. And it, it will be interesting to see if Brian eventually does join this crew. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, Gordon fixes what's, 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 what's ailing him and, and, and shows up and, you know, cross our fingers for him. But uh, I tell you, Jarvis Landry, man, I, I, I do like what I'm seeing out of this guy playing with a lot of fire, right? Uh, you know, I, I DVR'd it, but the uh, Hard Knocks show, supposedly he made an impassioned uh, speech, you know, uh, telling the uh, wide receivers to get their heads out of their asses. Uh, becoming a team leader, supposedly Tyrod Taylor has been uh, connecting with him. He's been the guy that he looks for. So uh, I don't really see much of a, a drop-off for uh, Jarvis Landry this season. I mean, I, I, you know, I have no problem drafting him. I don't think I would probably draft him either. He's not catching 100 balls. Well, that, that's not going to happen. And this, this offense, it, it won't. Uh, I think what's interesting here is, you know, well, you, know, you mentioned Taylor's got, uh, is connecting with them. What's going to happen when they make that change to Mayfield? You know, that's the big, you don't know if the chemistry's still there. You know, I mean, I mean listen, you assume it would be. Because if I'm Baker Mayfield, you know, Jarvis Landry's your best wide receiver. You want to argue it's Josh Gordon? Well, he's not in camp right now. So Jarvis Landry's your best wide receiver. He's close, he generally runs routes close to the line of scrimmage. Right, those little mm-hmm. quick slants, either uh, in or out. So he, he's a guy you can find. You know, and I want to make sure I get in, uh, in tune with him as well to get him the football. The problem with Jarvis Landry has always been his yak. And he's basically catch and tackle, done. He's not, not a big yak guy, so that's always been an issue with him. But that being said, I expect him to have a nice season, but uh, I think uh, just to assume 100 catch with 95, whatever he was averaging with Miami, I think that's a little silly. I don't think that that's coming here. And I do wonder what happens if they do add. You know, let's just say, you know, Josh Gordon, I think, is coming back. And I think it'll be mm-hmm. before the season starts. 
You know, I think uh, if I think they would have put him on NFI. If not, I also don't think they would have traded Coleman. If not, you know, it seems to be a little silly there to do that. But you know, let's say Gordon comes back. You do sign Des Bryant, which I'm starting to think they're going to do. Boy, that's a lot of mouths to feed there. You know, and that's also going to hurt his chances. Plus, you have a strong running game, as we think you will. You got Chubb, you got Hyde, uh, and you got uh, Duke Johnson. I know he's more of the pass catcher, but I said a lot of mouths to feed here. This is a team that now that has legitimate players at all positions. So I don't know. That's another reason. Miami never did. It was really Landry is the only wide receiver. Haven't had a, uh, a tight end. And the running game was okay. So uh, it's a little different here in Cleveland, believe it or not. So uh, that's another reason why I can't see Landry being uh, you know, a 90-plus re- uh, reception guy. That being said, I have an 80. I'm not mm-hmm. downgrading him tremendously. Which isn't terrible. I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is terrible no, at all. I'll still take him in a PPR league <laughs> third round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I tell you, you know, I was trying to find the uh, stat um, while, you, while you were uh, were talking. But uh, you talked about you know, him uh, having issues with his yak yards after the catch, right? I could swear that I saw that he was number two behind Golden Tate last season. I'm going to try to find that. But, uh, you know, I... You know, but I, I guess I, I, I agree with you. I mean, catching 100 balls out of this offense might be a little tough. Yeah, but even if he catches 90, you know, I, I'll take him. But I, I like that that passion that he's showing. And I like the fact that he's uh, being a leader as well. Uh, let's move on to uh, the Panthers, 28, Bills, 23, and rookie DJ Moore, uh, you know, Another good showing for uh, a young player. Four catches, 75 yards. Uh, if you look at his draft profile, uh, athletic, good size and speed. Route running skills could use a little uh, uh, refining there, but uh, good after the catch skills. What are your thoughts about DJ Moore? Again, it's you know first preseason game, but uh, pretty impressive. Well, this is where reading box scores is completely useless. Mm-hmm. All those receptions came in the second half. After the starters were gone, right? He didn't. He uh, not that he played a whole bunch with the starters, but uh, when he did, he didn't do much. So that's why you, you always got to reading stats is great. When did it? When did it happen? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's all it matters in preseason. Did it happen against the uh, first team defense? No. Second half, so it happened against the third team defense. Yay! It's still good to see him do something, mind you. But mm-hmm. I say you got to take those numbers with a grain of salt. There. Plus, obviously, that means it didn't happen with Cam Newton either. You know, someone he's going right. to have to learn how to. Uh, how to catch with? Uh, listen, the best thing out of that game was the uh, the meeting before the game between Newton and Kelvin Benjamin. That was fantastic. <laughs> yes, Where, uh, yes. Newton like, well, what's up, man? Why why are you saying stuff like that to me? And he's all upset there, and uh, I, I thought maybe they would, I thought I was waiting for him to throw down. That'd have been great, just great. But instead, uh, I like what Cam did. I, I like the way I look at Cam was more of a man. Went over there and just said, "Hey, well, you got a problem with me? You know what's the problem?" And then uh, I guess Kelvin Benjamin just didn't want to uh, didn't want to deal with it and walked away. But I, you know, for a kid, for someone who's gotten a lot of grief uh, for some of his actions, I thought he handled that pretty well to go over there and, you know, be, do the man-to-man thing and then have Kelvin Benjamin walk away. Uh, I guess not wanting to uh, to deal with it. So, uh, hey, if you didn't want to deal with it, you should have said what you said. And uh, that was mm. – uh, <laughs> I'll never understand that. You haven't been with the team in over a year. Why you start coming out and you're playing them this week? Hey, what was the point of that of saying that? You try to build up your own uh, – that it wasn't that you, it's not your fault that your your numbers haven't been what the, you expect them to be. Well, I got news for you. They ain't getting any better in Buffalo. Oh boy. Well, uh, what uh, George is referring to is that uh, Kelvin Benjamin uh, said in an interview that he would have been better off uh, the first three and a half years of his career if he had played with a quarterback 
who had uh, better accuracy and knowledge of the game. Uh, obviously a dig at Cam Newton. So, uh, yeah, they had a, a, a tense meeting in the, uh, in the field right before the game. And, uh, yeah, like you said, Kelvin Benjamin wanted no part of it, right? He didn't look like he wanted a part of it. He didn't. You know, it was funny because Cam came over. Cam, I think, waved the other uh, – there was another player there talking with, uh, with Kelvin Benjamin, and he waved, waved him away. And he was mm-hmm. one-on-one, which is uh, – once again, I, th- I thought Cam handled it well. I really do. You know, uh, he wanted to find out, what's your problem with me? You know, well, you never said anything. I, I mentioned he's thinking, you never said anything this when we were together. You know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I imagine that was the issue there, that uh, he wanted to know, what, what's the deal? And I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. So I think he handled it well. I liked what he did. Those were mature. He went to, rather than come out in the press and have a, you know, a war of words, you know, mm-hmm. he just said, man to man, what, what's the issue? You know, why didn't you say this when we were together? That sort of thing. So good for Cam. Uh, listen, it's, it's great to talk about. It really means nothing in the overall scheme of things. They're not on the same team anymore. Uh, I don't think they play each other this season uh, in the regular season. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's likely done. I'm sure McDermott, the uh, coach of Buffalo, already told uh, Benjamin, shut the hell up, you mm-hmm. know, in, uh, in those terms, because you we can't have this going on. It, it, it just made no sense. We're not, even, we're not even in the same conference. Why are you talking about Cam Newton? Yeah, it just, uh, it's weird. Why, it's a distraction that the, uh, the Bills don't need. They have enough of their own issues. Right. Exactly, yes. Uh, Colts defeated the Seahawks 19-17. Obviously, everyone wants to know uh, about Andrew Luck. Supposedly, uh, I didn't see the game, but uh, from all reports, he looked good. Uh, first game action in 18 weeks, uh, 6 for 9, 64 yards. Even uh, took a hit as he scrambled for a first down. Uh, unfortunately for the Colts, uh, season-ending injury for wide receiver Deion Kane. Uh, who had looked very good this uh, preseason? Uh, another torn ACL. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's what preseason is. Who gets hurt? You know, uh, Kane. I don't think it was going to be a major fantasy contributor, so I don't think it would have mattered. But I know you and I have talked about it, and certainly Corey Parson and I have talked about it. Someone's got to step up there, besides Ty Hilton. Ryan Grant, blue collar wide receiver, right? And not great at anything, but yeah, <laughs> kind of consistent. Maybe, maybe yeah, he's looking at. He would be probably the lead guy there now, but some people thought it might be Kane. Kane was probably that 14th round guy, you know, mud against mm-hmm. the wall, hope it sticks. Uh, they're right. another team. Man, I mean, uh, Des Bryant would make some sense there. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he would, as far as somebody uh, can add you depth on that team, give you another option there. But uh, that's the yeah. biggest thing with Indianapolis. Who's going, I mean, uh, besides Andrew Luck, who I think is fine, by the way. I'm drafting Luck. Right, right. Not in my top five quarterbacks, but in my top 10. So if he's there in round mm-hmm. 10, round 11, I'll take him. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not all that worried about him. If you're asking me if I draft Luck, do I automatically grab a backup? That's a tougher question. You know, I don't like to draft a draft backup quarterback, although it seems to be in the leagues I've done so far, and this is last year too, which is a little surprising, that more leagues, are dra- uh, the teams in those leagues are drafting backup quarterbacks. So I, I sort of don't have a choice then because there's no one left. If you have someone like right. Luck, you don't want a strong backup. It's when eight, nine other guys are drafting a backup quarterback in a 12-team league, you're sort of forced to, uh, to go along with it to make sure you have somebody decent. I hate that enough if you only have five bench spots, but that maybe that's where the, where the trend is going here. So, yes, I probably right. would draft the backup, but more because other league may, members are doing it, not because of Andrew Luck. There you go. All right. Uh, when we come back at the top of the hour, Jim Wyatt from TitansOnline.com is going to join us, talk a little Titans football. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. <laughs> 